Welcome, everyone, to the 13th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Cozell here with uh, Nick Tartaglia. Uh, Nick, happy Father's Day. Yeah, same to your father. Thanks, man. Uh, June 21st, and we're in the middle of summer, or the beginning of summer. Uh, we're in the beginning of, or the end of what the term in finance is called quadruple witching, where we saw a significant amount of volatility on the markets on Friday. What that means is a lot of options and futures contracts expire and a lot of fund managers are rotating. So that's why there was a lot of volume on Friday. Um, but a topic that hasn't been getting any attention until recently, um, Especially in the U.S., but I think Canada is also due for one as well. 100%. Is infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're going to focus on today because I think infrastructure is the backbone of economics for any it's, country. If you look at China, just look at China. How did China get to the point where they are now as one of the contenders of the leading countries in the world? Because they went hardcore on infrastructure. You build a good infrastructure, you bring people into the economy. The more people tap tap into the economy, the more wealth you develop. And I think that's why most most countries on this side of the world need to start making significant amount of investments into that. I think Uh, we got lazy. And we got got lazy too because there was money being poured into other issues. Um, Not that they're not important issues, but, you know, for example, if you're going to throw money at a fire, it's not actually going to solve the problem. This is an actual need. This is an actual thing that does need to get addressed. Our Um, system, everything, everything in the system is dictated by your fundamental infrastructure. If you have a solid infrastructure, then everything that comes after the little problems is easy to solve. If you have major, if the, if, if your pillars in your house are broken. You can't go, who cares if you fix the roof? Your house is, is busted. If you fix the foundations to your system, which uh, in terms of economics, so if you want to solve a lot of economic problems, which everything ties to economics, you need to build and innovate infrastructure. And you can never stop innovating your infrastructure. It always has to move forward. Exactly. Now, the interesting thing about this thing in the U.S. especially is this is actually an issue that both Democrats and Republicans could actually agree on. And I think they're working on a $1.5 trillion investment into this. Um, this is Trump's baby in a way. Um, so this was uh, a, this was a, yeah, exactly. It was a, there, there, there's apparent Trump, Trump uh, administration. Uh, there's a speculation that they're talking about a a one plus trillion dollar stimulus, but related specifically to infrastructure improvement. It, it, it's a blueprint right here. They already yeah. published it. So um, anywhere between the lines of 200 billion and, and 1.5 trillion. So um, it's to basically streamline the whole process, right? To get rid of all the bureaucracy, accelerate the permitting process, expedite real, real world results, right? Cause that's what it comes yeah. down to. Um, and you, and you know what, again, we're not about politics here, but you got to give Trump credit. He's a doer. He's going to get stuff done. Um, you know, and, and, and not a lot of people like that, but at the end of the day, he's doing what's right for his country. I would like to see some of that here in Canada because without the proper infrastructure, you don't have a supply chain and without, without a supply chain, you don't have food. Um, and I find people take that for granted. They, they just say, Oh, I'm just going to go to the grocery store, pick up some stuff. You know, we saw this three weeks ago 
or at the beginning of this pandemic when there was an absolute uh, demand shock in the grocery stores and people were like, where am I going to get the food? You know, yeah. and there was a lot of stress on the supply chains at the time. It's gotten a little bit better now, given where we're at in terms of understanding what the virus is all about. But this new game plan uh, needs to, uh, it's not getting a lot of attention, man. And there's yeah. so much opportunity. There's so much investment opportunity from our yeah. side as well. Uh, you know, see, the thing is, I find the thing is, so people in general, you, you see it in people's psychology and the way they behave as humans and the way they resonate with political uh, uh, elections they always focus on very short-term things yeah they want immediate results but the reality is, is like in investing the moment you look at a business for immediate results you tend to fall apart your your thesis falls apart if you go along and you implement real actions that are to yield long-term results you tend to see real results so people most people can't think long and that becomes an issue because when you're going to look at political leaders, the ones that are going to smoke screen you and give you all the short term little fixes, you're going to go for them. But the ones trying to solve the, 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 the fundamental problems by going long, even though it requires the system as a whole collectively to say, well, we have to sacrifice five years. We have to wait eight years. You can't solve anything in a year. You just can't not systemic systemic things take time and an infrastructure play. Now, I'm not talking about Trump as Trump. I'm just talking about what Trump wants to do. And what Trump wants to do in terms of that... Politics I, aside. I can get on board with an infrastructure play. Because, yes. yes, you could pump more money. But if you pump more money into the system and the overall system inflates and grows accordingly and you bring more people into, into wealth and you give more money and more job to people and access to building their wealth, then inflation of the economy is fine as long as there's more people to tap into it. You don't inflate a system if you're fixated on the same amount of, of uh, people. You yes. need to bring more people in as you inflate the economy, which right. is why you bring in immigration, which is why you want birth, uh, which is why you want to bring more jobs. You want your economy to grow, but you also have to fundamentally continuously innovate and adapt your infrastructure because it's a foundation to our economy. And, and I think it's... It, if there was ever a time to even start considering doing this and having a plan and, and executing on it, the time is now. Yeah. I mean, both, both Canada and the U S are going to experience 5% U S is going to experience 5% drop in GDP this year. That's what they're forecasting. Canada, Canada is like at like probably close to double double digits by the end of the year. Um, infrastructure, it, it's a mandatory, I think personally, it's a mandatory investment that needs to happen. Or else you're not going to have an economy it, and you're not going to have jobs. Be, it has to be a focal point of every political and economic outlook. How do we continue to innovate our system, which is usually done through the infrastructure, cloud, internet, roads, uh, you name it. Those things allow people to move around. Those things allow people to trade online, to move money online, to buy, to have access, to sell their jobs, to be entrepreneurs. You don't have internet, you're screwed. Well, internet becomes part of the infrastructure. Build that. That's why, that's why you have companies focused on trying to improve the, uh, the cloud and internet infrastructure in like Africa and in India and other parts of China. Because if you can bring people online, now people can have access to education. Now people can tap into the economy. So, and these are infrastructure plays. You do that, you, you can help solve a lot of problems. But again, it has to be done smart. I know. And I would honestly, I would say that, you know, you look at, you know, the, the, the country that has, you know, unfortunately been 
you know, receiving all this backlash for the virus. But China itself, if you look at China's infrastructure, if you look at the way their cities are built, if you look at the way they've uh, they, they, they strategically uh, built, uh, you know, infrastructure in various places of the world too, um, they're ahead of they're ahead of the yeah. West. They are they're one of the largest so far buyers. Ahead of the West. One of the largest buyers in commodities are China. Now yes. imagine if India picks up their game in China, Europe, and like if we're going to spend money like we're doing now anyway, right? Where we're just spending, the government and the economy is just spending stimulus. Well, at this point, if we're it's, going to do it's that. Funny, it's funny money. <laughs> you go, you, like if you're going to do this, we may as well go hard and do it right at least. Yes. It's no point in just spending money, bandaging up all the fundamental infrastructure problems, and then down the line, just allow more problems to build. And then, okay, well, shit, we should have done it five years ago. May as well do it hard now. It, it, it's, it's, it's interesting too, right? Because um, everyone's kind of focused on like the short term, as you just said, right? And that leads to much deeper long-term problems, I find. Yeah. Uh, the thing with China too is they've got this whole belt that they've built, you know, in Africa, through partnerships. I don't necessarily agree with how it's being done. I mean, what they're doing is they're going into these very d desperate places. They're offering them, you know, billions of dollars of loans and saying, listen, we'll help you build, you know, your airports, your buildings, your bridges. Uh, and if you default, there's no problem, you know, like, don't worry. But the problem is if they default, they're pretty much owned by China. So in a way it's kind of like a political strategy. It's, it's an uh, investment. Economic, yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I will take equity stake. I will give you money. Honestly, if people looked at the political dynamics of countries in terms of the business, it, it helps make sense of certain moves. So China goes in, is going to give you a lot of money, but in reality, they kind of own your economy, which is kind of like a direct business, uh, a government investment. Sure, here's some money, but we cannot own a stake of your economy because you owe us a lot. Right, and that obviously begs another question, which is another episode, but what's going to happen to all the debt later on? Um, is there a much bigger debt crisis that will unfold? It's just a crazy system, right? The system yeah. just continuously feeds money into areas that uh, most people are just not aware of. And then when the bubble bursts, um, everybody gets affected, retirement accounts get destroyed. See, and and, and you know what I started realizing more and more? Bubbles grow as, as fundamental gaps start to get, like right now, right? Let's say we don't go down an infrastructure route. Well, these gaps, we're just going to continue the bubble and bubble and grow and grow. And eventually it's going to pop. And then we're going to have to fix that. Let's be proactive. Let's engage with the economy, with the political system. And let's build infrastructures. Let's improve things. Let's provide more autonomy to people, to be entrepreneurial, to get access to online, to, to invest. Like you want to help people be able to think long. People, if people, have inter people can save money and have access to the internet. They can go then and save and invest their money properly. Like it's little details make a huge difference and then there's so like you were saying before there are so many investment opportunities to come of this because ideally if you're going to help stimulate the infrastructure significantly as a result the overall growth of the economy should grow if the overall economy grows that means that asset classes should inflate as a causation of that so that means that you should be able to have access to commodities or companies or whatever it is you're going to play route that will grow with that build out. And that's, right. and, that, and, that, and that's why it's all linked too, right? Everyone's yeah. talking about commodities. And, and I think we talked about this earlier, but I think commodities were in a bull, uh, bear market for, 
you know, uh, quite 10, some time. 15 yeah, years. Yeah, a yeah like time. a long time because there was just, you know, there was nothing happening. And like any potholes that were happening, I mean, Montreal is a perfect example of potholes, but I'm sure there's a lot of other cities as well that have destroyed roads and whatnot. But, um, you know, as soon as this does get approved, which I think it will, um, on the U.S. side, I think Canada needs to do the same thing. There's yeah. no question about that. Here, if we're going to spend trillions of dollars into our economy, like you're absolutely right, let's 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 put it into infrastructure. Let's build networks to get you know our supply chains going again. Obviously, oil is kind of like that one debate of of uh, or energy in this case of like you know environmentally friendly. Yes, there needs to be a better job with that. I, I totally I totally am for supporting the environment. It's the most important thing. But to say that it's the end all meet all and we need to abolish oil, which is fifteen percent of the Canadian economy, is just suicide. So here I was having I, I, I have these discussions sometimes. Okay, we'll just transition over. And then I go, okay, if you if we said tomorrow no more oil, we're going how like how how does the supply chain have to get solved? So our entire, our, what, our entire supply chain is run off of tools that still utilize oil. Until you transition our tools over to your renewable, you literally cannot just say, yeah, no, no more oil. It's physically not possibility within the economy. And if you do that, you're going to cause a lot of problems after. You're doing more damage than good. Especially yes, long term. Especially you know, long term. So here, here's what I was thinking for Canada, right? Because Canada has such a dependency for oil. Let's say 30 years down the line, 40 years down the line, let's say the system becomes 50% renewable. So that means that there's a lot of loss to occur from the, from the oil perspective of Canada. And Canada is heavily correlated to oil in terms of the way we move as an economy. If, if we need, that means like we need to start innovating our economy to start depending on other industries and sectors of asset classes. Because if we're too dependent on oil, down 50 years looking forward for Canada, you could see issues. Yeah, well, we're all we're, we're seeing issues now too. I mean, I've been talking to some people out in the West Coast, Alberta, and, and Saskatchewan, and they're 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 furious at what, what's what's going on because, um, unfortunately, the government just doesn't support the whole idea of energy as much as the previous you know conservative party did. Again, I'm not trying to make this political, but I'm just stating what is happening. Who wait, who move? Who's trying to move what pieces and not moving pieces? Exactly. So um, the it's import- a chess game. It is a it is a chess game, but there, the, you know that that part of the country right now is completely destroyed. Um, you know, which hurts all of Canada, and it, and it, and it, and it does. You know, like when people say, "Hey, like that's not," you know, when the East Coast says, "Hey, Alberta and Saskatchewan is not our problem," um, like I'm sorry, like what, what what do you mean? Like you're you're in a position of power to make the country operate as a whole. Meanwhile, you're doing favors for one side and not doing the other. It just doesn't sit well with 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 a lot of people. People, and, our asset classes in Canada become at risk if the Canadian economy becomes at risk. Right. So that means your houses, you own real estate. Oh yeah. Guess what? All that becomes at risk if you hurt the economy. If there's less jobs in Canada and people can't work, guess what? Real estate prices start to come down because now people have less jobs. People don't have money. The economy's hurt. You guys have to understand that everything, everything you're trying to think and speculate on, you're, you're, you're daydreaming because you, you, you have not understood how the economy literally correlates to almost everything we do. If you want to do something, you have to understand the economic role in it. There's a reason why everything a political uh, political leaders do has an economic impact. Politics impact it. We impact it. Everything you do in this world impacts the economy. You have to leverage it. You can't not play with it. 
hundred percent. And it obviously affects the dollar too, right? Like yeah. anytime, anytime there's a, uh, you know, we saw it with oil, Canadian dollar got wrecked. I think things are stabilizing now, but at the same time, like, the, like you said, like, even if you don't like the economy, even if you don't like entrepreneurship, you still have to realize that every decision that you make plays into a big factor into the economic future there's and your why. life and your life. Realistically, exactly. like, are you, if, if you buy a house, are you going to yeah. sell it for higher? Which I don't personally agree with to speculate on housing prices. I'd rather buy a real estate property that cash flows and then base evaluation on that. But you know, the vast majority of people, what they do is they buy a house, they wait a few years in the hopes that the price of their property would go up. People are not expecting COVID to happen, it, right? Yeah. So it, you, you have to understand that. If you don't understand that, you're, 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 Guys, gonna, you're setting, lives, your, you're setting our, yourself up for financial trouble. Our lives are so – like people – there's a reason why people have to work every day. There's a reason why people's jobs affect their behaviors. There's a reason why people either are depressed or love their job. 100%, there's a reason, man. There's a reason why you wake up in the morning to go to work. There's a reason why you eat the certain way you eat. There's a reason why you go to restaurants – to a certain type of restaurants and and sometimes you don't there's a reason why the gift you buy people everything is tied to what you're doing in terms of the economy how much money you have how much money do you spend how much money do you save what are you buying it on what do you what like how are you, what are investing, you investing in, in? yeah all of that plays a role if the moment you step out of your you you want to you want your needs covered if you want house if you want food if you want to have a good life get you want your luxuries you want to travel guess what you need the economy and the economy you know, always gets tied back to infrastructure everything you, you want a good infrastructure improvement traveling becomes more enjoyable and probably more efficient and more economic out after also as a result like you just guys you, you can't you, you can't hide from the reality it is the reality of things you either play the game or you spend the rest of your life pretending it's not part of it and you're never going to do well you just and won't that, <laughs> so and yeah don't blame don't blame your problems on other people that's the worst thing you could there's do there's a reason why some, the wealthiest people and some of the smartest people, even Elon Musk even said it himself. If you look at the financial world, you will, in the, in the capital landscape, you will find some of the most successful and intellectual people in the world. There, it's because there, it makes sense for people. And you, everywhere else in our system doesn't seem to make sense. It's just chaos and chaos. You will run a business, business makes sense. Run it this way. Do this, you make money, boom. There's a pattern you can follow. So- uh, let, let's go back to sort of infrastructure, right? Because we talked about how, why this is important. I think that's what's really, yeah. really highlighted. Um, I'm just reading, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to read some, some stats here for the U.S. infrastructure program. So they have an incentive program, $100 billion dedicated to encourage increased state, local, and private investment by rewarding incentives to project sponsors. That's, that's fantastic. Rural infrastructure program, $50 billion investment. Transformative projects program, a $20 billion investment. Financing program. So this is using, you know, private bonds, municipal bonds, $20 billion. Federal capital revolving fund, $10 billion set aside to establish that fund just in case. Uh, public lands and federal assets. Uh, interesting one, considering statues are being you know, destroyed right now, but, uh, and then improving the infrastructure permitting. That's another one. I mean, these are all policies that are just so pro building something that in the long run, it's going to add to the economic, uh, growth of a country, right? It adds jobs yeah, for the next and, 10 years. If and, you're focused on this, you're adding jobs a hundred percent. And like, I was, you, you stole the words out of my mouth here, but <laughs> apparently Trump's Trump's infrastructure plan is set to add about, you know, a million jobs. I mean, like how how can you not be for that that's what i don't understand you know like i'm not i'm not trying to be like devil's advocate here but it's just like 
you know, when, when, when you have something that's brought to the table that says, Hey, I'm ready to bring you a plan. That's going to add a million jobs to the economy. How can, people say, how, how can people say no to that? I don't get it. And that's a short term outlook on the 1 million. Oh I'll yeah. To, that's you have to take it to account. Okay, sure. Right now we're going to hire a million people. It's, I'm speculating right now. We hire a million people to start the work, but as the work continues to compound and develop and yield improvements, guess what? More jobs come along from that. It's a compounding effect. It starts with a million, but what yields after is far greater outlook in terms of employment. Now, there are a lot of stocks too that are tied to this, which is really interesting. This is where the investing part gets pretty, pretty nice yeah. and easy. So or, I shouldn't say easy, but you know, when you look at- Interesting. Sort of, yeah, this is where it gets, this is where Nick and I, our brains start tingling a little bit because now that everything is kind of linked, you got to understand there's construction companies, there's home builder companies, there's, uh, you know, power machine companies, construction companies, construction, there's material companies, there's real estate, like this is all Commodity. tied into it. And guys, all of that is tied into commodities. A hundred percent. So like it's there's, there's two avenues that you could play this. You can either invest directly in a stock that has like crazy, ridiculous contracts with the government, which if it does, you'll actually be at a nice return. But a company like Caterpillar, which basically is the machinery uh, that, the, you know, the, the, those yellow trucks that you and I probably grew up playing with, but are actually on the street. Like that's, that's a company to take a look at. Um, that company's going to survive. They, they've got a lot of support from the U S government there too. Um, another one here that I'm seeing is Vulcan, uh, Vulcan materials. Like they're pretty much responsible uh, for all the equipment sort of for the, you know, the, the asphalts, the, 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 the cement pillars, all that stuff, you know what I mean? So like, these are companies that you'll take a look at, you're not going to get aggressive growth, but you'll look at this, you'll say, Hey, like this is an infrastructure play. I think this is going to play out the long term. <coughs> there's, um, just, there's to, so, just to name a yeah. few, right? There's also for people out there who don't, who don't want to go about picking specific names. You could also play the asset class as a whole which is yeah. kind of what an ETF can do for you also. So if you understand that certain asset classes are going to do well as a result of that build out, well, then you can just play it a sector wide asset class play and say, well, I like this sector. I like this asset class. I like this industry because it'll, it'll heavily grow as the infrastructure builds out. It, cloud infrastructure tech companies are going to hugely benefit because the more people you bring into the economy and you, that, that tap into the internet and the cloud, guess what? That's just more money and more in, uh, engagement throughout the cloud. And, and that's what they want. That's why uh, Microsoft is heavily working with the largest communication company in India to help them build their infrastructure cloud. Because if they can tap into uh, what, 40% of the population, is it 40% of the population that lives in India or China and India is 40% of the population? Like of, 50, the world, like, of, of the of world? The world. Yeah, India is what? One point is... Well, India. how many? There's there's eight billion people on on planet Earth. India. So it's seventeen and a, seventeen and a half, twenty percent. Yeah, round up. <laughs> so them, so China and India collectively probably make up forty percent of the population. Yeah. So think of it, and that's huge. And if the world is a global economy, if they start tapping into the global economy and start engaging, every country benefits as long as there's an open market for all of them to engage. And then building out a proper supply chain to proper exchange goods is fundamentally better for everybody. Yeah. But the thing with infrastructure too, from an investment standpoint for portfolios, I think this is a very long-term bet. And yeah. I think, I think this year is the time to buy these because but this is a, this is a very millennial thing to focus it, on. And I agree with that. Like people are like, Hey, like how do I make money in the stock market? I'm like, here's an idea, global infrastructure 
Canadian infrastructure, you are, yep, we'll see with Canada before they start implementing stuff. I'm pretty optimistic they'll do something, but um, yeah, well, no, maybe like, not. Well, I, I mean, I'm not up to Canada doesn't very have a very entrepreneurial mindset in the way it goes about acting. So as much as I would like to believe we will, I'm a little hesitant because I'm like you said, it hasn't been. I'm optimistic on the long term, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With Canada. But Short term, maybe not someone, as much. Eventually someone is going to have to make that happen or else their optimism right. doesn't actually get yeah. executed. Exactly. But anyway, no, but like back, back to what I was talking about. Like I get a lot of questions like, where do I start to invest? I'm like, Hey, you've got your growth, get the tax, whatever, get familiarized. With stuff. You want something that's a good base. I think infrastructure, seriously, like if you wanted to buy infrastructure ETFs right now, find one that makes sense for you. The one I'm looking at right now, iShares Global Infrastructure ETF. It's very low expense ratio, 46 basis points. It's down a lot this year, but you know and what? It's probably going it, to, it, it will have a turnaround. And it will probably- wanna, here, Here's an ironic little thing. I just literally thought about this. It's a if safe about, bet too. If we're about to enter into a, a big move of infrastructure build out, what do, you, what do you think is going to be the primary use that's going to allow most of the machinery to run on? It's going to be oil. As much as we don't want it, we kind of get, we're going to have to kind of overindulge oil for a period of time to continue in order to help transition and build out and innovate our infrastructure to kind of move over into renewable and so on. But if you want to do a $1 trillion build out of our infrastructure, you're going to need oil. It, 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 the, all the tools and machinery still run primarily on oil. And until that change, right now, oil is going to be dependency for that build out. Right. And you know what? Human innovation is going to dictate how far we go from, you know, mm -hmm. reducing the carbon footprint. I think that's still important. Yeah, um, 100%. You, know, you know, like there, there's no question about that. We're going to make innovations on that. But I, I, like you said, like the, the world cannot function without oil, you mm -hmm. know? And when I hear some, when you hear people saying, when they're bashing oil, they're saying they got to abolish it. They just got to get rid of that whole industry. What you're literally saying is you want to get rid of jobs. Yep. You know, when you say you want to get rid of jobs, the question I, the follow-up question I have for that person is like, first, what do you do for work right now? And second, what's the, what's the, what's, what's the alternative, you know, and there's no transition, there's no transition between that. So did, yeah, the, the, um, the funny part is as people, people are going to listen to certain people and they're going to, they're going to see only a section of it and they're going to say, Oh shit, you guys like oil. You guys talk about, no, no, no. Don't misinterpret the way we talk about oil. Oil is simply a tool that we're going to leverage that we see the purpose for it to be leveraged for a period of time. But don't, don't get me wrong. I am 100% far more bullish on renewable energy and commodities associated to it. And I would far much rather us tap into renewable for far many reasons. But I have to be pragmatic and I have to be rational about how we go about doing things, which most people are not. Because most people go about talking about ideas as though they it's simple just yeah just change tomorrow no yeah. it, it really doesn't work that way you have to be pragmatic in how you think about it okay do a burst use oil build the infrastructure innovate things and then let's start working our way towards renewable man i wish people were as passionate as you about this <laughs> it's, like, it's just like you're 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 on the ball with that stuff too right uh, the thing that I would also say too, with, with, with just infrastructure as a whole, it's like, you know, the place that you're in right now where you're living, right. That's part of it. Whether you think about it or not, you know, what I noticed this week, 
uh, in the markets was really interesting. Um, and I kind of just learned this and I'm like, okay, hey, well, some finance guy's going to be like, well, yeah, no kidding. And it's just like, this is just stuff that I just pick up, especially now because everything's been compounding and stuff. But home builders is another component of infrastructure, believe it or not. And 100%. The, the home builders index has had the best recovery um, in the history of home builders index. And what's interesting too, and this goes back to our previous episode where we were talking about the macro environment of the market. You've got zero interest rates, probably going negative, maybe. Um, you know, and in that environment, you know, people are gonna buy, people are gonna take out mortgages, they're gonna take out longer rates, they're gonna take out fixed fixed rates. There's gonna be houses and homes that do need to get built as well, right? You have to look at it. Everyone, like we're talking about the infrastructure of like the supply chains as well, but you have to understand too, without the infrastructure that's there, you don't necessarily have places to live, right? No. And this is why and real estate too, it, as an asset class is tied to this stuff exactly. tremendously. It, it doesn't support if you don't build out that infrastructure as people as as our population continues to grow and grow and grow and you can't support that population and that growth well then asset classes suffer because there's less money going around and there's too many people that are looking for things and well shit i need to people can't afford it so i have no choice but to lower it you you there there is so much of a dependency to help innovate and to see a purpose in innovating our infrastructure, especially from Canada. I like that Trump announced it because I think that if, if it becomes a reality, it will automatically trigger China to go aggressive again because China is like a little race dog that just wants to get ahead. That if they felt the pressure again by the United States, I feel that we go hardcore on that. And if China does it also, then the rest of the world will have to follow. And if they don't, you're gonna see another massive wealth gap occur between countries around the world. Because as big countries innovate and build out, the other ones that don't follow suit, they're gonna lie. So, so here's another thing too. And like the, the unemployment right now is insane. There's yeah. about, you know, Canadians, I think we're about like 7 million Canadians are unemployed or something like that. America has got 42 million people that are unemployed. They're all on unemployment insurance. That's so Great. Wait, do the math of that. So 7 million is a fifth of the population. And there's probably what but, at least 10 million people that can't work. Right, right. But you have to consider unemployment is not taking the whole population. It's taking the working population. No, but exactly. That, that. So you, then you have the old population that's retired, not working. And then you have kids right. and you so, have youth, which are probably make up half of our population. It, right it, there. It's, it's, it's the part, it's the participation rate. Like that's what and they used remember, to calculate. Remember this guys, boomers are about to start retiring eventually. Huge, huge. That's going to hugely impact us too yeah so again 42 million americans have fought for unemployment i would imagine that and again i'm guesstimating here i would imagine that 10 to 15 percent of the jobs that these people have been fired from are probably not coming back mm -hmm. right so those are jobs that are not coming back what do we do with that okay infrastructure projects construction projects that's going to give people jobs that's going to give people an incentive and that's going to put the economy forward right exactly you, you 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 can't you can't just like you can't come out of this crisis and be like no we're getting rid of we're getting rid of uh industries that we just don't like because they offend me or because you know oil is a dirty industry they got rid of coal Okay. Coal was a dirty industry and nobody uses it anymore. People have switched to natural gas and people have switched to, hey, uh, you know, hold on, hold on. Energy, I, right? let, so, me, let me, let me just say a little, uh, let me, let me show some little hypocrisy for people. If you own a phone and you say oil is bad and you bought a phone, an iPhone 
how do you think how do you think most of the commodities that were used to build your phone were excavated through oil so if no matter what you do in this world you support it one way or another if you want to bash it and talk about how it's so bad that don't buy anything don't buy anything yeah because the old system everything's made from oil too (laughs) the old system is entirely built on oil which means that everything you do in your reality of life now, if you have a phone and you're using it and you're bashing someone and you're saying, fuck oil, and you're holding a phone, well, guess what? You're a, you're a hypocrite because your phone used oil to be built. You, you needed commodities. Like, people think there's a link down the, the, like the spider web. Link it down before yeah. you overreact and you, you're wasting energy. Why are we arguing? We, we know, so let's be more pragmatic. Let's... Build let's solutions. Find, let's find solutions instead yeah, of pointing the like fingers. You're just, other you're just, you're arguing, and then we have to. And then what happens is the people that know understand these things have to spend their time and energy to educate people who don't understand and complain and argue and and, and want answers. We were trying to make you, but but then again, that's where the communication falls apart because people can't seem to talk to each other. One side wants things but don't want to listen. The other side doesn't know how to answer things but <laughs> understands. So it, it's just a disaster. It's uh, it's a, it's a really, it's a really, uh, I keep saying this every episode, but it's just, it's a crazy time because this is just the, the, the transition. So let's, let's go back to the facts, right? Like this is, this is where the importance lies, right? So you've yeah. got the, the U S implemented a $2.3 trillion cares act, right? This is to provide relief for households, businesses at many forums, including cash payments for low and middle income households, enhanced unemployment benefits. The question I have for the general public, I don't necessarily know the answer. Okay, they're probably going to put another stimulus package in place because they have to. There's no question about that. People have been left behind. They, 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 they need to implement that. What happens? Okay. What happens when two things, what happens when all this stimulus money runs out? And meanwhile, the massive drug companies have been working on, you know, this whole, uh, you know, vaccine for, for, for COVID, they find a vaccine. It are probably another, like I'd say 12 months, maybe less, at least, it takes uh, at time. least right before we find time. something. So, so what happens when th- this money runs out, you can't keep feeding more money as stimulus pay. Here, I'm you, gonna, need to, you need to add jobs. Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to make people understand the theory we're talking about right now from a business. So imagine you're looking at a business and the business says, we're about to do a stock dilution. We need more money. We, we're going to do a stock dilution. So the earnings they're per doing share- an off, They're doing an offering. Exactly. Or a deal so or the something. thing yeah. is, they're saying, well, as an, as, a, as an investor, if I hear you're doing a dilution of your stock, I don't mind as long as the capital you're getting and you're putting into it yields growth in your revenues and in your, in the, in your assets. If it doesn't, then my dilution ends up hurting me. So look at the economy. If we're going to dilute our economy, dilute Which is what we're money, doing. Exactly. Which is what's if, happening. Yeah. It's a good way of putting about it, actually. If we don't look at trying to grow and inflate the overall economy as a result coming out of it, then there's going to be a lot of imbalances in terms of money and, and economic problems because you didn't inflate as a result of putting more money into it. It's, it's kind of like, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep it more simple for the individual. It's kind of like when you, as an individual, like you say, Nick, you're a business, um, you take out a $10,000 credit card, uh, and you just keep spending that. And the only thing that you have coming in is probably a, a, a paycheck uh, every month of like two to four grand, right? So two to four grand and 10,000, you're, you're over leveraged, right? So 
what you need is you need to figure out ways as an individual, how do I increase my income such that I can pay off that debt, right? It's the same thing with the, it's, man, that's such a great example that you brought up. Like it's the same thing of like diluting the shares, like that stimulus money is actually diluting, you know, the actual potential of the economic growth. Yes, exactly. And and the the amount of effort that is going to require to get to like, even for us to break even, right? It's probably going to take two years. If I say, if I say I need a billion dollars because I want to build on my business, well, to build it out, I'm going to need more people. I'm going to need, so I'm going to spend. Yeah. There's a reason why you're like the economy it has to act. The government has to act kind of like a business owner where the economy and the country as its health is its business. Right. If you're going to dilute and you're going to put money in like that, make sure you're creating an output that helps offset that dilution or else you get problems. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and they, 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 these problems could last for years. A hundred percent. And it Years. compounds guys, especially yeah. at the rate we compound things now, it, right. it's just going to spiral, spiral, spiral. I mean, not to talk about politics, but man, like we just, we got to talk about it because it, yeah, it, it's I'm, all tied to this. It's all guys, tied to this. Yeah. I'm not, I was never a political person. Me neither. Never in my life. I, I've never actually really voted much in my life. It's just that as you become more and more intertwined with economics and investing, you start seeing the value and importance of what political leaders do and how it impacts the economy and the, and the capital landscape. So then by causation, you kind of just start getting indulged and it's like, shit, why are you doing that? That doesn't make sense. And it starts bothering you as an investor and as an economic person, because I think of myself as a business. So everything these political leaders do in the system does in terms of politics, it, it trickles. It trickles. Into, it trickles and it impacts everything in my life. So it starts to bother me. So the last two years of my life, I've been more and more attentive to politics because, wow, like, God, you have, like, it, it's ridiculous. I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, like, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll be full, fully honest. I mean, I, I, I did not follow it closely enough until about, you know, 2016, obviously Trump got elected and that kind of opened my eye to like, holy crap, like a businessman can actually run a country on the West in the West Western world. And, um, you know, it, it, to me, it at least showed some, like, regardless of his character, right. You don't like, you don't have to like the guy. You uh-huh. really don't have to like the guy, but what, what, what you, what I was able to see was like, okay, this is a guy that understands how to create jobs. He understands how to create jobs, whether you're black, white, yellow, brown, purple, whatever color you are, it doesn't even matter at that point. He understands how to create jobs. And when you have a leadership for a country that understands how to create jobs, instead of just feeding the system stimulus money, that's obviously going to compound and inflate. And the other thing that I, I don't want to say fear, but the one thing that concerns me is, okay, what are we going to do when this pandemic is over and stimulus money is being put into the economy. Okay. You're getting a $1,200 check every single month. There's jobs. There's probably, I don't know what the number is, but I'm going to guess here. I'd say 35% of the jobs pay less than you getting the stimulus money. So how is that encouraging for people to want to go back to work, right? Mm -hmm. There needs to be another system that's in place. A suggestion, if you're a company, implement some kind of a signing bonus. Be like, hey, you sign up with me today. You're going to get a $1,000 signing bonus. And then we're going to get you back to work. Something like that. So that's, got, that's, the, that's, the, that's the thing. That's the thing the, you got to pay attention to is the, the government, government can, can stimulate that instead of directly paying egg, people say, yes. I'll, if you employ, yes. I'll give them a bonus that I'll feed. 
Thank you. So it's like, here, the government will give the company a subsidy of some sort. Be like, this is your bonus money. And then you feed it to the, it, it's, 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 it's like a, it's like a, 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 a partnership basically. Exactly. Because if right? not, then you're just telling people we'll stay home and I'll pay you. Yeah. And then they're just good. And then where are yeah, the people going to do? They're going to go spend it on alcohol, weed and food because that's what people do. Yeah. So again, I mean, look, it, it, it ties, it's all connected, right? The infrastructure <laughs> upgrades need to happen. Yeah. Whether it's highways, roads, um, you know, towers. Everyone's talking about the five G conspiracy. I'm not buying that shit. But um, you know, the, the internet is a utility now. Internet yeah. is a mandatory it's thing. It's, it's part, part of our of, economy. For, for it's part sure of the, like you don't have internet, you're not running a business. I'm sorry, you're done. No. You're done. Okay, so it, it it's linked, you know. And again, yeah. to take advantage of these opportunities, just understand the macro picture, right? Yeah. We talked about there, it last time too. With everything the, with, is a spider web. Everything yeah, is kind of linked, everything. intertwined, yeah. and it, it's an economic planet. So, so where, where, so after this, most of this conversation in your mind, where are you mostly peaked in terms of where you want to focus your money? Like we know, I'm more of obviously commodities, like that. It's been more of my thing, and I like it. But yeah. like, where are you? Like now we have now that we're having this deep conversation, where are you mostly peaked in terms of asset class, or like where would you want to start looking? Not necessarily touch but looking mostly for you. So, so the, one of the things that caught my attention, I think two years ago, I haven't invested in it yet because it's a bit speculative though, was, you know, electric vehicles mm -hmm. and the metal components. So there's graphite, graphene, copper, lithium, cobalt, lithium, cobalt uh, silver, nickel, nickel, silver is a big one. So, so kind of those, 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 I'd say seven commodities. Okay, so you're, you're, you're on a commodity play with me then. Uh, part, part of it. Yes. Okay. But I, I've also, um, and this was only until about, uh, April of this year, I, I started looking at infrastructure, uh, ETFs and sort of okay. the construction companies that are tied with that, because that to me, and I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but that to me is kind of like, you know, you invest in that. You're not looking to make like a crazy, like quick buck or like a bagger or this, like those are more of the spec plays. But with this, what you're, what, what it's showing you is, you're, you're banking on the future growth of, of the economy and the recovery uh, to, be, to, be, to, be, to be pretty, pretty, pretty good, right? That's a very, so look, I 100% agree with that. And that's like, if I was going to play an ETF style, I want exposure to growth, but I don't know which asset class specifically to yeah. touch. I'm going to create a broad spectrum portfolio. It's going to touch multiple infrastructure sectors. Yeah that as a whole collectively, which I'm hundred percent with you, because if you're going to build, if you want to build a diversified portfolio, this is a smart way to approach it. It is yeah. absolutely the way you should think, be thinking about it. Yeah. And like, I've kind of created a watch list as well of just like companies that I think are going to play into the infrastructure. And I think this, this to me is a 10 year play. Mm -hmm. This, the, <laughs> this could be your whole life. Yeah, exactly. I don't think, you know, everyone's like, well, what if I just buy the banks? I'm like, listen, the banks, everybody's buying the banks. You're going to get that dividend. Sure. But I would rather, you know, I feel more comfortable getting into a play that's going to benefit the long-term growth of economies. Right. So don't get me wrong. Banks have great dividends. If you've just, if you're just looking for income, uh, go ahead. But I mean, at our age, man, like we, we, like why, why do we need dividend paying stocks right now? No. I have one dividend paying stock and it's like 7% and it's a REIT. Okay. It's a, it's a multifamily type of REIT. That's different. That's understandable. But I think, you know, global infrastructure play, I mean, you're, you're, you're banking on the long-term growth of economic development. And that's what I like about it. Now, here's another, here's an ironic thing. Cause some people that, that 
that touch dividends. Okay, so for people out there that are touching dividends, especially when you're young, understand how much money you're putting into the dividend and the yield it's giving you. Because what happens is sometimes is that the whole purpose of dividends is either two, twofold. It's either I get capital and it automatically reinvests as a drip style play, or I'm using it as cash flow to live off of. Yeah. Or you're, you're active and you make more than enough that as you make cash flow, you can reinvest it. So for what happens is for a lot of people that say, well, let me be conservative. Let me touch dividends. If you're collect, if you're buying a stock worth a hundred dollars and it pays you a 2% dividend, you're collecting $2 a share. You put a thousand dollars. There's no chance that a single, any of your single cash payments, dividend payment payouts from them is going to yield a purchase in anything else. So your 4% or your 2% comes into your bank account and then it, it dies. So you're not actually compounding anything. It just sits there after. So yeah. you have to make sure that the way about you strategize your dividend thesis yields compounding benefits. Because if you're just going to collect it $2 and $3 and it sits there and it never repurchase anything, well, you're losing out on compounding growth. And the whole purpose of it's either you play the growth strategy for dividends, which is drip and reinvest, or you reinvest it elsewhere, or you live off of it. But if you're young, there's no need. You uh, I would, dollars yeah, yeah. If, if you're going to buy dividend stocks related to, you know, banks or infrastructures and stuff like that, I don't think infrastructures have dividends, but take, well, the, renewable, take renewables, renewable renewables. has, but take, take the reinvestment option, right? Like take True. whatever they, cause you're only going to get that dividend every, every what, three months or every yeah, quarter. Yeah. Three. Yeah. So either quarterly, either quarterly biannually or annually, but usually quarterly to add by. Yeah. So, so take that dividend and reinvest it. Don't take exactly. it out of the account. It just doesn't make and sense. Make sure that when you put the amount you put in allows you to re to purchase another share because some, for example, some brokerages, they only allow you to buy a full share. So mm -hmm. if you only collect a dollar or $2 every quarter and your the stock is worth a hundred dollars, your money can't repurchase the stock. So you need to do your calculations before you do things. Russ, your numbers don't make sense. Yeah. So just keep, keep it simple with that too, right? Like don't overcomplicate it. Find something that makes sense. Find something you like, and then just stick to it. Don't flip flop between positions. I do that no. with my spec stocks though. I kind of just like, yeah, you but know, you that, that's different. Yeah, but exactly. And that's, you're more attentive. That's also another difference. Like there's a lot of different variables that have to come into account when you do that. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I think, look, the moral here is very simple. Um, infrastructure, if you're, if you're long infrastructure, and I think everybody should be, you're long on the economic on the, prosperity ideally, of, 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 of yeah. your country, hopefully, of the economy, mm -hmm. of jobs, of you know, creativity, whatever it is that's going to propel us kind of to, to, to get to that next level of, yeah. uh, of, of, of you know, society development. You know? I don't think burning down fucking statues, is, 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 that doesn't do anything. You know, I hate to bring that up, but it's just like when I see that happening, I'm just like, man, if only we actually took the time to maybe tell, like, educate these people accordingly and say, listen, you have an opportunity here to actually make a difference in the world, you know? And, it's crazy um, because people, people are just destroying, they're just going around destroying the city. I get you want to remove certain things, fine. That's another discussion. But to go around and physically destroying stuff that just then says, well, okay, I got to spend money to fix things and to clean up what you destroyed. Well, guess what? You're just wasting money on cleaning up a mess. You're not fixing nothing because they're just wasting money now. Yeah. It's a lot of waste, waste, yeah. waste, waste. And we were already wasting a ton of money before. Yeah. And now that you want problems to be solved, you're giving you're, you're just make, you're reshifting our focus. You got our attention, but now we're focusing on just cleaning up after you guys. 
and then you guys don't want to engage and talk and, and learn. So it, it just is that the discord is it's never ending. Little, little history lesson here, since we're talking about infrastructure and statues. Um, the 19th century ended, and I'll use you know my, my heritage here, but this is just a fact, and you can Google this, whatever you want. The Russian Revolution um, started with people tearing down statues. Um, and these were basically, I don't want to call them radicals, but these were revolutionaries who were fed up with the way things were done. Um, now back then it was very different. Um, you know, you, it was very, mo- it was a monarch monarchy society, right? You know, you had the Kings at the top who were controlling all the wealth. We've come a long way from that, I think, at least on this side of the world. But what happened after that is when you gave those people too much power, the people who are tearing down statues and this, that, that you had 90 years of communism ensue 90 years of absolute, you know, probably stagnant economic growth. I mean, they went through a world war. Now I'm not saying that that's going to happen, right? I'm not saying that if this continues, we're going to enter like communism on this side of the world. What I'm saying is you got to look at history sometimes and realize, okay, we're seeing stuff very similar to what happened in the past. What can we do today? What yes. can we do? What can we do this week as individuals in a group yeah. of people as a team to avoid something like that happening? Oh, okay. Let me it's, go out and solve a problem. Yeah. Let me go out and be much. a producer. Let yeah. me go out and, 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 you know, contribute to, 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 to the economy in, in so some uh, shape to, or form. To, to your trading, uh, to your trading nature, <clears throat> back test history. Back oh yeah. Test it. Yeah. You back test is look, People are too focused on the past, so everything they do moving forward in current moment is dictated by their past, which is and how flawed. they feel and how they feel yeah, about exactly. that. Yeah. It's flawed. It, it messes with your perception of your reality moving forward because all you're doing is acting on the past. You humbly accept what happened in the past, but the way you go about your future is about solving problems, not about destroying the future to get reputation, to get acknowledgement for the past. It, 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 you're just you're just cycling problems. Sure, you you want to you you're accepting one problem, but now you're just causing another problem. Yeah. So back again, tie it back to the infrastructure play. That's you know good investment everybody, opportunity. Everybody, but- I think I think if we do this well and everybody gets on board well, the economy gets on board. This the government gets on board. This the people understand the value of this we could do something really good with this, like really good. You can solve this wealth disparity problems. You can solve a lot of problems. Guys, the more the economy becomes self-automated where people can engage and do their own business and do things online, you're giving autonomy to individuals to build their own wealth. And the less people become dependent on the government for their money. And that's infrastructure. Like there's a real solution that comes out of infrastructure. And which is why I, I give my hand to Trump for that. I'm not talking about anything else. The moment you attack me for saying, well done on this specific thing, you've lost all objectivity. Lost it all. Just this specific talk on infrastructure is critical because as people who watch and as we follow the economy and love this stuff, we see the value in this and that the fact that it can't solve problems. So to us, I, to me, to you, there's a reason why people, analysts and companies and governments are like, it, 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 it helps. But people don't understand this component of our reality. So they're always fighting it. 
or or, or they're or they're blaming it too right? yeah like, you know i i just want i i i just want people to realize look like stop playing the victim and realize that you have the potential to do something great like with, we, with what's going on right now we accept the victim position we accepted it but if you always remain a victim then you're just never gonna engage with anything after it. exactly just, we're, we're not denying it we're just saying okay take the next step let's do better now mindset right new yeah, gen mindset, mindset man so look uh, guys uh nick's got a book that just came out um and it's really interesting and i think everybody should check it out nick where can they find the book so it's on uh, amazon.ca go on amazon.ca the dot-com one, I still haven't figured out why I can't personally find it. It says it's on there. I just can't. I, the Amazon database, you marketplace is much bigger. But if you go to my Instagram, Nick Tartaglia, you can find the link to the .ca. Uh, it's the Intelligent Millennial. It's basically about optimizing the systemic framework. So looking at the government, looking at economics, looking at education, looking at psychology, everything is connected. And as a system, we have a framework. The better you understand the framework, the better you can poke holes in areas that you know are broken and fundamentally improve it. And infrastructure is a huge component of our economy. And if you, so like, I don't, I don't talk about infrastructure, but I agree with it. And it ties into optimizing our system as a whole. Yeah. So it's on Amazon, right? Yeah. So it's on Amazon and it's a bestseller already within the category of uh, uh, educational philosophy. Nah, there you go. There you go. Well, congrats on that, Nick. I know it's, uh, it's, it's off the bucket list and yes, uh, I, I've, I've, I've got some work to do now. <laughs> I got, I got, I got to write my first book now too. Cause bring it, <laughs> bring it. We, it'll be fun. Cause now we have, we're two guys and we can go out there and do stuff together. Let's do it, man. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for, uh, for listening to our podcast. Uh, this episode this week, um, infrastructure, pay attention to that. It's, it's a huge, huge driver. It's a ma- I think it's a mandatory investment, yeah. uh, for economic prosperity. I know Nick agrees with that. 100%. And, uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys. Ciao. All right. Take care.